the whole menace project started as a two-week previous class but yeah i got a little carried away and uh <laughs> you're listening to the vfx process where we talk to the industry's most talented artists including film tv and game from concept artists to previous 3d animators and visual effects artists we take a deep dive into a personal project of theirs and take a look at the work that went into them as well as show an insight into the mind workflow and career of each artist for any visuals discussed in this episode we have provided a link to images and videos should you need a bit more context the vfx process getting intimate with your industry brought to you by big two studios if you enjoy this show and haven't already, please leave us a rating and review. It really helps us out a lot. In today's episode, James speaks with Elwood Borster, a talented video editor from South Africa now based in Portland, Oregon, who made a daring career change into the world of Unreal Engine. Elwood's journey from Red Bull Motorsports video editor to CG Spectrum and ultimately to the creation of his thrilling short film Menace is nothing short of inspirational. We delve deep into the creative process behind Menace, an Unreal Engine short film that features a heart-pounding chase scene involving a motorbike and two police cars. Ewald takes us behind the scenes and reveals how he utilised the Unreal Engine tape recorder to create this adrenaline-pumping cinematic experience. He shares the challenges he faced and discusses the creative freedom that Unreal Engine offers to artists like him. He also shares how he became a teaching assistant for CG Spectrum while studying there. So for all this and more, stick around. Hey all. Hi, how you doing Jamie? I'm good man, how are you? Yeah, pretty good. How, how's your day going? What are you up to? What's going on? Um, it's pretty, it's kind of, it's 10 to 7 a.m. here, so I haven't gone up to too much. Uh, got a little coffee this uh, morning and just taking it easy. Had a few uh, emails sent off, but not too much else. Yeah. And if it's that early in the morning, I'm presuming that you've either got blackout blinds or you're in like the basement because it's nice and kind of like dark in there. Um, I think it's just Portland. It's uh... <laughs> <laughs> just a, a dark, gloomy place. Most of the days, it is quite gloomy. <laughs> so, yeah, so you uh, guys do actually, because uh, I saw you do some previews, but uh, you say you also do virtual production and filming. And... Yeah, so um, we mainly previews, but lately we have been using Unreal Engine to do pitch trailers for um, a client who's we've we've done four really successful like fully Unreal Engine um, cinematic like trailers, um, yeah. and then we're intercutting a bunch of virtual production shots to kind of like have some live nice. action with virtual production and fully Unreal Engine um, yeah. shots. So. It's going really well, actually, and it's kind of our dive into the Unreal Engine world where we thought, you know, will we always be doing sort of previews um, ex- outside of Unreal Engine, but it gave us the opportunity to really explore it, and we love it. We say it's so yeah. fun, and we're going to really jump into it with yourself today with your transition and your experience in uh, Unreal Engine cinematics as well. Yeah. So yeah. It's a, it should be a fun interesting chat for sure man yeah thank you appreciate that we'll just start off with an introduction all of yourself your name and just talk a bit about your background uh really yeah so my name is uh evald foster and i uh i grew up in johannesburg south africa i was born there um and i've uh, always kind of had a knack for the kind of alternative lifestyle and a bit of skateboarding played in some punk rock bands and things like that 
And uh, I started off as a video editor on a local TV show called Supersport. And it was, uh, the show was called Two Wheels and it's a motorcycle, like covering all the national races and the track races and the dirt bike races and the supermoto. Yeah, that was kind of my entry into video editing, and, and uh, it was it was fun. I was working with a good colleague of mine, and after that, I kind of uh, worked with uh, MTV Base for a bit, uh, which is MTV Africa, basically, and that was my first taste of like really high fast-paced editing because they used to do the MTV VJ search back in the day, and a couple of those reality TV show stuff, but they called me in a flat panic one day and asked me if I can take on this edit and I got there and it was a mess it's just tapes on the desk and um, I literally worked straight through the night and the next morning I gave them like 80% of an episode and they were like blown away and they hired me so I was there for uh, yeah just over two years and um, and then I got I think my first big uh, kind of entry into real uh, professional editing which was uh with red bull media house uh and i did uh we worked on a tv show called hard and Dero. and uh it's it's covering races all over europe and and the world with the best hard and extreme enduro motorcycle races so uh, a lot of them was british actually Grant jarvis johnny yes. walker uh those Isle guys of, Isle of man the isle of man tt Oh no, no! I wish that I, I've never, I've never got there. I would love to check that out. That is insane. Wild, isn't it? Yeah. So with the with the Red Bull stuff, um, I was they actually the the producer was from Los Angeles and he booked me on a job, and then uh, and I got the visa and everything to travel to Romania. I was currently living in the Middle East. I skipped that whole step, but I was doing some reality TV stuff in the Middle East and Qatar on and off, um, which was great. But it's also you work with a translator and it wasn't going to last. <laughs> um, but it was it was fun. But anyway, so the guy booked uh, the, booked me on the shoot and I got the visa and then he had to cancel because of budget issues and everything. Uh, and I was like really bummed about it. And I was like, I decided, I told him, listen, I'm coming anyway. <laughs> so <laughs> use me or not use me, but I'll be there. And then I actually went through and I met the crew and the team and I edited one segment on the first day and then I edited a few other segments. And then from then on, I was the new editor on the, on the TV show. The current editor kind of bumped up to director. So it, it, it kind of worked out for everybody. Amazing. Oh. So you went in there when it was sort of cancelled and then you just like, I'll yeah. show you what I can do. I was like, I'm doing it anyway, because I mean, I've had my whole heart, everything was set on this. I'm not going to just, you know, turn around and walk back type thing, you know. And that Hell was yeah. my first real taste of like being able to use, like you get access to the Red Bull music libraries and they got like real artists. I think Snoop is on there. There's so much good music to choose from. Then uh, COVID happened and um, everybody that wasn't based in Europe, they kind of like had to you know, cut off a little bit and it was going to be temporary. But at that exact same time, I uh, got a job opportunity at Icon Motorsports here in uh, the US. About a year and a half ago, I kind of, I, just, I don't know, I just felt like my career has kind of has got a bit stale in terms of I'm, I'm producing and I'm directing, but uh, it's, it's, and I'm still editing a lot, but I felt like 
you know, there's not, what else can I do? There's not much, I don't feel like there's something else I can do. And I don't know if I'm in the right seat to be getting movie contracts to work on bigger productions and things like that. So I started like, uh, I think I saw that Rebirth video uh, from Quixel Megascans in uh, Unreal Engine. And I was just like, wow, this is unbelievable. And I was like, how hard can it be? Like, I mean, I guess if I know the software, I can edit. So I can, you know, hopefully do something cool with that. So awesome. And this is this is the transition now, isn't it, from your background into the world of Unreal yeah. Engine? Yeah. So it's, yeah, the fact that my career felt plateaued slightly. And I also, as a director, I had a few, we had a few animation jobs with that company. And, uh, I was working with uh, Deep Sky here in Portland, uh, amazing animation uh, 2D uh, company as well. And they made a few of our uh, videos and I was like getting really interested in that process. And I had a shoot where we used a, a 3D company. We were gonna shoot in studio and kind of put a character there and, and put markers on. And I sent the footage to the company and they kind of put like a whole cityscape in the background. And for me, this was like pretty crazy. And I'm directing and I'm like, you know, I, I feel like I'm, I don't have a handle. I don't know what's going Like, I don't know the process. Like I, I can't have an informed conversation about what is the goal and the purpose. Um, because I don't have the knowledge. So I started like doing a bunch of YouTube uh, videos on Unreal and um, yeah, uh, the more I kind of started scratching the surface, the more excited I got. And yeah. you dig in a hole, just keep digging. I, exactly, yeah. yeah. And I created a, uh, it's quite funny, like Menace, it's called Red Menace and it's my very first video ever and it's just a, a mixamo character walking towards a bike in the sunset and i i used a some tutorial on uh, youtube that kind of takes you through the basics and i got to that point and i was like wow this is this is amazing and uh, i was like i knew then that i i need to take this more seriously because it's, I kind of got that excitement that I got when you start working as an editor maybe for a for a bigger company and you finally, you know, you really love the work that you do and, and that kind of inspires you to do more and learn more. So yeah. I nice. uh, totally uh, got just enthralled in all of the Unreal stuff and then I uh, enrolled into CG Spectrum and... Uh, I first did the three-month introduction course where they basically take you over everything, all the features in Unreal, uh, including Maya and a few rigging things. And it's basically touching on a lot of different things. And then after that, I enrolled in the full course uh, that was a th nine months uh, real-time 3D and virtual production course um, with a few great mentors and the community has absolutely been amazing. But yeah, I was lucky enough also to have William Fisher as uh, my... Oh, what a legend. Yeah, he was my world-building mentor. Um, Whoa. When I created Haven, he was like kind of guiding me through that process. Uh, and I feel like, yeah, because also it feels like I'm slowing down my pace a little bit when it comes to world-building and things like that. Um, so I really enjoyed it. And then the last three months, well, the, actually the middle part of that course was uh, cinematics. And I was very excited for that. Um, and Simon Warwick, who's an amazing technical uh, artist and animator, uh, he worked on some amazing things. 
he was uh, he's a uh, he was also mentoring me through this process. Him and Deepak Shetty, um, and I the, the the whole menace project actually uh, started as a previous a two week previous class, <laughs> and we were supposed to kind of make a vehicle with a meta human inside and just kind of doing a turn and stopping coming out of a bridge, uh, a tunnel I mean, and then just stopping and there's a little bit of movement. And I was like, this is very cool. And the second I figured that out and how that works with the car, I was like, well, let me try and make something with the with the motorcycle because, you know, that's kind of where my field sure. is in anyway. And I found on the Epic Marketplace from the Fly Dev team, they got that uh, rig motorcycle, which I've actually been looking for a motorcycle for a while. And that one just dropped. And it was, I think it was for like over $200 or something or close to $200. And I, I bought it and I was like, you saw this, this let's yeah, go. Exactly. Exactly. But so since it was starting off as a previs, I didn't want to spend time creating the world. So that's why I chose to use the, um, the Epic, um, uh, city sample demo. Uh, because it already looked good and I my main focus was just on creating a kind of three-shot sequence, maybe a, a straight and a turn and then something else with the bike. Uh, I didn't even know I'm going to have cop cars in there and all that stuff. But <laughs> it just starts to spiral and grow and I guess, exactly. you know, with, especially with your background, which is perfect because you've got, you know, the yeah. directing, the action sports, the motorbikes. Uh, I guess you couldn't help but I need to do more than this because it's so exciting, isn't it? When you discover things or like, look at that cool shot. Now I can put like a new shot here and it starts to grow and grow. Yeah, yeah, definitely, exactly. And that whole process, when I figured out this and I knew this is the direction I want to go into and, and, and use the city sample demo and the bike, I actually... Uh, um i did like a full-on location scout through the through the city sample demo like i usually would because to be honest with icon motorsports some of the uh, productions we've done in stunt riders uh and uh really professional stunt riders and to promote their gear we would like fly to uh, chicago or, or they'll go somewhere around the US and block off the streets, get rolling grids, get police escorts and shoot these high energy stunt videos through the city. And it also requires location scouting and all that stuff. And I was like, well, let me kind of treat this as one of those kind of projects and see if I can, you know, not only create this video, but yeah. also um create that same energy uh but i so yeah i did a little fly through the city and then kind of like where's a good turn where's a good place for the, <laughs> for the straight area and then i think i i got the turn and i got the straight area figured out and i got the motorcycle in and to be honest there was a lot of back-end issues uh the actual cinematic part of it was so seamless putting in the cameras getting everything like angles getting the cinematic part was like so fast and so fun on that project but uh, since i've been using the city sample demo there's a lot of back-end blueprint things that shouldn't be touched or you just don't want to mess too much i had weird crashes random issues and in hindsight i will never use a pre-built city like that that was meant for a game demo that's um, it I isn't it it's set up for something a little bit as soon as you start like playing around and like 
unpicking blueprints, it can have a bigger effect um, on, exactly. on everything. Yeah. Like there's these dry trees um, and you can see it in the video um, that you I couldn't get rid of. So I just, that's why I think I started putting palm trees in and I put one or two in first and then it kind of also like, uh, <laughs> you know, the whole world build, building part of it. I got a bit carried away with that. And, um, and then I, yeah, I did the police car thing and um, I, I, did, I used a tank recorder. So uh I, I recorded the bike first of all and I was blown away when I got when I got it to work and I got it to record it also required a bit of back-end uh, playing around with the blueprint of that motorcycle because it was also made for a game um, and originally I got into the discord and I was asking a few questions about cinematics and no one really you know knew what I wanted to do or what's capable of for me to do so like i didn't really get a lot of uh, help so the cg spectrum guys really uh simon warwick and deepak shitty really helped me with the back end blueprints getting the bike to work properly and, and using it with tape recorder and um and then i was like okay well let me see if i can add a police car or something and i and i did a few takes of the police cars riding i did some straights and i did some swerving and I had the straight cars in at first and it just felt a little stale and I thought to myself like, you know, this is unreal. Let me get a little bit crazy with like dynamic stuff that you could probably usually not ask a stunt rider or, or driver <laughs> to do that because it's a bit, maybe a bit crazy or something. So are we talking get... about that huge jump? Yeah, that really well, fun. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hell Some yeah. of our stunt riders have done smaller jumps uh and that actually i used one of the stall frames of that for reference for posing the body and everything like that um but yeah this the jump came like at like after i had this the straight section and the turn section in i was like i need some grand finale or something so <laughs> i had the some evil evil hoonigan crazy stunt yeah 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 and and i love the take recorder was great because especially with the vehicles with the jump and stuff like that it, it's very natural how the physics turn the car and things like that um and it's it, like i know there's rigs and stuff you can build and i've seen a lot of those videos where people build car rigs and it looks great um i feel like if you can combine both it would be amazing but they feel a little tight and stale sometimes and it feels like it's a rig it's too perfect you know the car is moving too perfect and i feel like mine is maybe a bit too loose i i kind of like uh didn't uh use a rig at all i just used tape recorder but i feel like if there's a possibly a happy medium in between both where you can combine them and, and really uh get a good result yeah man it's um it's funny you say that about using you know, doing a big jump because we, we were doing a project recently um, which involved cars and car chases and we purchased a bunch of Unreal Engine assets with trucks and there was a motorbike in it as well. Uh, and the, the first thing that we did was, you know, because we could control it with the, the keyboard and, and use the tape recorder. The first thing we did was just build a giant like ramp and just like typed in, you know, 200 mile an hour, you know, you could input kind of speeds and physics. And the first thing we did was just sent it straight off a uh, giant <laughs> just because it's so fun to play with once you're in there, you know. Um, yeah. I would love I would love to see, I, I, mean, I imagine you've got plenty of outtakes of um, 
take recorder stunts that oh yeah there's a few outtakes uh <laughs> for sure but what was funny as well is because when i recorded the motorcycle and the vehicles at that point it was still going to be a short previous thing for cg spectrum plus you know i didn't think it was going to get too big so i didn't actually have a lot of takes to work with and once i started going down the rabbit hole i didn't want to go back and re-record i thought like you know I'll, I'll i can use i can do that for my next project and be a bit sure. more meticulous about it so a lot of those takes you see is literally some of my very first takes um, but with the jump uh, i i and, and the process and how i did it i actually created a empty project separately and then uh, i think in my behind the scenes you can see that and i actually faked that behind the scenes to show you the process but that's not actually the shots that was used in the edit but that's basically the exact process that i would have used so i created like a, a basic road outline and uh, for the for the jump i had a, a cone i just quickly grabbed a cone or something and i stretched it and i just uh, had the bike hit the jump a few times and then had the car jump a few times there's actually a uh, uh, I actually wrote it down. The guy's name is uh, Loic Scalbert. He's on YouTube, and uh, I thank him as well because he's, he, he made a, a city sample chase scene with a vehicle and two police cars, but it was really short, like I think 10 seconds or something. But it was so cool that I was like, this is kind of the thing that I want to do. That was one of my main inspirations. So, uh, and then kind of using the city sample and i wanted to get that kind of look um but yeah i got a little carried away and uh <laughs> <laughs> it started off as a bit of previews and then a full-on short short film with a chase exactly, full-on exactly. chase sequence that's um, that's one of the problems because towards the end i was like i haven't been documenting any of this and i'm like now it's actually into something that's worth talking about the process and uh you know and i don't have much so i actually started like halfway through just started screen recording everything i was doing <laughs> yeah what's it like building it in the you know it's so, so easy and fun to kind of like fill the space and like build it in unreal engine how does it compare to like being in a location and thinking oh i can't just spray that wall or Oh, and now, you know, you know, <laughs> just the, the differences, not, yeah. I guess, the pros and cons of like in a digital like Unreal Engine to like live on set. There's no comparison, really, because when we do it in the real world, like we only have a certain amount of time at a certain location. And we're doing a few takes of him doing the rider coming in and doing a burnout or a uh, like something, a wheelie or something into a corner or. You know, and uh, you just got to hope you got it in the bag. And sometimes you got the perfect shot. This is the best one, but there's a weird person walking in the back or looking at the camera. And then, you know, you probably have to cut him out and post or it's like so just a lot of things you can't control like that. And, you know, when you get uh, to the cutting room and the edit, you you basically got what you got. But uh, with Unreal, it's like... Um, Oh, that's a great shot. That's perfect. I love it. But it does feel empty. We can add that or do this. And uh, just that seamless process. And even when you come out, uh, one of the best things, although I don't like doing it so much, but I, I really think it's it's great that when I'm finished and I've got a bunch of shots and I've rendered them out and I start with the edit, 
And I'm like, ah, these shots all flow great, but there's a one weird kind of moment where these two shots just doesn't work together well. And then I can go back in sure. and I can literally take the motion from left to right where that shot ends and add another left to right B-roll or quick tire shot and then back into the action. So it seamlessly takes you uh, into the next shot without, you know, that kind of moment of, of the energy, the momentum stopping. I guess you really do feel like super powerful thinking. I can I can pretty much do anything I want here and I don't have to, you know, I'm not on set. I can just go back in, yeah. re-render something, tweak things. I guess that's it's, the fun and the power of yeah. doing these sort of things in Unreal Engine. I can have a coffee and I can sit in front of my computer. <laughs> I don't have to talk to the city council to get permits. I, I don't need police escorts. We yeah. don't need no, to like, make you've, sure you've that... Damaged, you've damaged our street. Yeah, exactly. And the bikes, the bikes on set, sometimes, you know, there's always something that goes wrong with, with the motorcycles. And then it's like an hour and a half or 30 minutes out of the day of shooting to try and fix some of the issues. And yeah, so it's, it's actually, it's, it's such a blessing. It's Unreal yeah. is amazing for that. Uh, how did Menace help you find a new career direction in Unreal Engine Cinematics? Yeah, so that is very, a very good question. And uh, I... You know, because I've been editing for a very long time and I've been doing directing stuff and uh, my work has never kind of been recognized that well as being mine. It's usually the views. I mean, a lot of the work I did with Red Bull gets millions of views. A lot of the work I do with Icon gets over a million views. And it, But it's the brand, you know. And this is the first time where I'm kind of like doing something for myself the success that it had on YouTube and the, the comments, I feel like I finally put my ladder up on the right mountain type thing, you know. I'm, I don't have to figure out my, like, niche a little bit. I feel like I've got it now and now I just need to keep climbing. And uh, the reason why I say that I found my niche is because I, when I started the Unreal process, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm I come from video production, but... I do want to learn Unreal, it's really awesome, but where do I really fit into that space, you know, is it, because there's many avenues you can go to in, in 3D and VFX, like, um, do I want to be an animator, no, do I still want to be a director, yes, like, in my mind, yeah, I want to be a cinematics director, but what does that really mean, and what does that take, and I feel like this project uh, kind of really put that really made that clear to me that this is what you should be doing and this is what you need to be following and and now you're on the right path and now you just need to keep going you're not you don't need to figure out which is the right path anymore you kind of got this moment and and menace had tremendous success for me personally i mean just over 200,000 views for me as an individual on youtube that was amazing and uh, it felt like you know, justified. It felt like I'm I'm on the right track. So that's Brilliant, really man. feels good, yeah. and it takes some of yeah. the pressure off of trying to figure out what you're supposed to be doing. And uh, definitely, now, man. now you can just do it. <laughs> Hell yeah, that's it. You got no no excuse now. You've got the tools, you've got the power, you've got the knowledge. You just get yeah. stuck in, learn it, and and create. What's it like uh, teaching industry professionals um, who want to learn Unreal Engine now? When I just finished uh, the Menace project and I've literally, I've got one week left of studying at CG Spectrum, but in uh, May of 2023, now this year, they um, asked me if I wanted to uh, participate in being a TA, a, a technical assistant at the college. And um, 
I was like immediately said yes because for me this is more about still being able to learn and the technology is evolving so much so they updating the 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 work material often so I constantly get new and new information and I'm teaching currently uh, two classes um, of three people per class um, and it's uh, industry professionals coming from different backgrounds virtual uh, virtual reality stuff and uh, video production and engineering and things like that and they want to learn unreal so it's been uh, yeah it's been really good and it, it's teaching me a lot about myself and and just the way that I learn and things like that because I, I always thought that I might make a good teacher because I wish people would explain to me the way that I explain to someone because I'm very step by step and kind of trying to help the person really and I felt like a lot of times people don't really want to give you uh, besides in, in CG spectrum when you're studying but in general in life it's hard to find someone who's really taking the time to make sure yeah. you understand something yeah and that's what's great about those mentors I guess like learning from those as well like how they really sort of help push that individual's project take a bit of information from the way they do it and then passing it on to other people exactly and and it's also teaching me that everybody learns differently as well yeah. you know it's like um it's different approaches you have to have with with everybody and it's 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 really a it's an amazing experience and and i'm enjoying it very much um i actually got a class straight after this uh, podcast oh, yeah. <laughs> I've got here that you incorporate AI. Can you talk about how you use AI in your workflow? By the time this comes out, some of the videos will be online, but it's uh, some of the motorcycle helmet ads that I do for this company. One of them was, it's the Japanese Edo style helmet. So it's the old school Japanese art on the helmet and stuff. So the uh, the concept was like to create like a kind of a 2D image that moves in the background of the helmet that is actually um you know art from that era and uh oh, nice, i was like man. it was i did a bunch of research and i couldn't find a lot of good uh well i found a lot of good stuff but i can't just use it so i of started uh, working in mid-journey and um getting a whole bunch of references together and um uh started building a 2d scene and and getting like uh, cherry blossom the branches only and then getting the background only and then getting foreground and then in after effects i kind of like had it look kind of like a live like a photo and the helmet's kind of rotating so that was one of the ways and i'm actually working on a project right now as well where um, i watched a video on youtube where someone takes a uh, a mid-journey kind of alley file and put it into this into blender and they can oh, kind of projection yes exactly yeah, man i saw that that's really cool yeah so a lot of these helmet videos is fast turnaround as well now because there's a lot more of them coming and i can't be some of them i spend a lot of time on more than i should but uh some of them i feel like i could do with that you know and just plant a few extra 3d elements in the scene but sure. use that projection you you really are lapping up all the tools like when you, it seems to be <laughs> when you see new stuff you're constantly thinking how can i incorporate this and improve and learn and you're clearly yeah. someone who wants to kind of absorb a lot of stuff and stay present. Yes. I mean, stay up to date with all the, the fast-paced And streamline. Tech. Yeah, <laughs> and streamline, yeah. It's the best way to, to learn, isn't it, of how can I improve the next project from all the stuff that was painful in the last 
you know, how can I get better ways and methods to improve? Yeah, and I actually, in, in mid-journey, I started like type, because at the moment I need to do some sort of a, a graffiti-covered alley for this one helmet that we're doing. And um, I've got a bunch of references and uh, I figured out that if you also type in um, something like uh, 360 or GoPro view angle, then it makes it super wide. So then when you do the projection, you can literally displace it or uh, I don't know what's the right word now, but you can kind of map it in and it kind of wraps right, wraps yeah. it nicely around and it actually it, it, it does it a bit more smoother. So I'm still just touching the surface on, on all of that. So uh, hopefully get to use that more. Yeah, that's great. It's, uh, it's, it's crazy. It's, and it's very interesting to hear how people are using AI in their workflows and stuff. You know, you work full time, I, I imagine, on like, you know, video production and stuff. How did you find the time to, or how do you ever find the time to to constantly learn new softwares? Is it an evening thing? Is it? Do you have pockets of spare time? How do you juggle professional and learning new stuff? You know, I was still permanent employee at the at the company that I was working with, and um, in the evenings I would learn the Unreal stuff and uh, try and you know, like. I think also during COVID, it kind of started a little bit. And I I used to play a game called PUBG, actually. Oh, and yeah. I, and I actually loved making 3D scenes out of the, uh, like, the replays of the game. Afterwards, you could fly around and make stuff. Anyway, so I enjoyed that process as well. But that kind of, like, got me into just working on, on content in the evenings and, and doing whatever I can. So I, uh, um, yeah, I just spend a lot of time weekends and evenings, uh, you know, working till late at night and, um, I just made time for it. I also knew with Unreal, if this is something I want to take seriously, I can't quit my job right now, maybe later. And then I, you know, but right now I need to get on board with this. And actually halfway through my studies, I, you know, decided that I'm going to quit my job and because I felt so comfortable in this new direction and space that I knew I need to give this everything and especially with the studies it started getting a bit more intensive and because the studies was full-time it's like it's kind of four hours a day after work so I would go to work until five and then four hours do my classes and all of that and um, in the beginning I kind of managed to just kind of work through the material but I didn't get time to really craft it nice. And I thought if I'm going to take this seriously, I need to take the extra time to craft it nice, take that class and actually try and make something and do something with it. And the only way I could have done that was to um, kind of go freelance. And I had a conversation with my boss at that point and I told him this is my plan, you know, um, and he was very on board with still having work for me and, and uh, we still continue to work to this day. So it's it's really paid off and, and and i think it was a good move this seems like a new chapter in the way that you move forward and, and navigate your career i guess do you have any plans to do more personal unreal engine cinematics yes i'm currently working on a new uh menace style uh, treatment and creative uh, deck for a project that i want to do and um I've actually got a company that's going to be modeling me a custom bike that is actually a real bike based on a real custom bike that it really exists as well, which is pretty good. 
and uh, yeah, I'm still in a few meetings and things, but I if, like because I want to bring on a few people and see if I can, you know, uh, have some help on certain aspects of it. Um, you know, one thing that Menace didn't have was like smoke on the tires and uh, you know skid marks and dust and and the VFX basically, which I didn't have time for. I added a little bit towards the end there with uh, by going over the ramp, but. Those are things I didn't really have time for, and I really rushed a lot of that. So with the next one, I kind of want to build a complete uh, world from scratch um, and to add a little bit more narrative to it, make use of the meta-human creator and, you know, a bit more like facial reactions and things and maybe have like 20% narrative with actual meta-humans and then 80% gotcha. is still going to be full-on action. Nice, man. So we can potentially have another episode with you in the future, Errol, to see Menace. Oh, yeah. Well, we've got Red Menace, uh, what yes. kind of started it. So we've got Red Menace, Menace, and then Menace 2.0, or Menace the sequel. You've got well, a prequel, that, a movie, and a sequel. That's, that's, that's good, yeah. But it's quite funny because this one was the, the Menace video uh, that I recently made is called Menace Black 3D. Three, actually. Uh, because the first one was just Red Menace and then I had a commercial with a blue helmet and this was also before I started studying and I had a blue bike just doing a wheelie but I did it all I don't even think I used control rig this was before I studied I just literally keyframed the actual bones and everything <laughs> it's like uh, it wasn't a very uh, uh, pretty scene but it, it like i edited it and disguised the edit a little bit but i can also share that with you i'd but, love um, to see i'd love to see the progression and especially moving into um you know the next project the overhaul the version yeah. 2.0 uh, we've got a young apprentice uh, that worked with us who who's actually done a motorbike chase on his youtube channel in blender he's fully in blender he was always coming to me and saying you know what can what shot can i do next what shot can i do next yeah. or how do i finish how do i finish this short film and yeah i said to it because it's like that like you mentioned when you start something it kind of grows and evolves and then you kind of you're doing yeah. something with it I, I said to him you kind of need a story in there at some point to kind of at least finish yeah. it or leave it on a cliffhanger so it sounds like that's what you're doing for the next one, including a bit of narrative, kind of yeah. improving the story and be knowing what you know from the second one to then yeah. take it into like a bit more of a serious project rather than just experimenting at the start. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So this next one is, I feel like that first the Menace video was more like, it was also learning as I'm going and uh, I feel like I've kind of solidified that process for myself and now I can kind of uh, create some interesting um, landscape, not landscapes, environment uh, for it for the next video. And, uh, you know, it, it's you can totally go and plan it out and add storyboard and I will do that to a point. But I also know that like exactly like you said, once you start, there's going to be a lot of things you see that you can add and do so. It's definitely good to have a, a basic plan and a direction to where you're sailing to, but be flexible with, you know, because um, uh, it'll take you somewhere else maybe that might be very Absolutely. cool as well. 
yeah. that's exactly what it's like when you're on location as a director. You know, you can you can previous things, you can plan things, but when you're there on set and you see something, it's like ah, and you roll with it, yeah, and you kind of adapt to the environment that you're in, and then something new comes out of it, which is kind of sometimes a happy accident and something that you you can never really plan for. Is there any dream location that you'd love to shoot a action sequence on a motorbike? In real life or? Real life, fantasy, the moon, what were you um, thinking? That, that's one of the things I've actually been thinking of, like, because I uh, can shoot anywhere. Like, you can create a track on Mars if you want. I do like the realism aspect of it a little more, especially when it comes to that type of action as well. Like, it feels more dangerous when it feels real. One of my favorite directors, uh, Neil Blomkamp, like, uh, he does a lot of... Uh, that sort of real raw feeling where you just get an uncomfortable feeling because it feels dangerous like that. Some of those things he produced, I don't know if you've seen the Halo teaser that he made that never got kind of picked. That, like that, the whole thing for me is like so raw and uh, like I would love to recreate that kind of dangerous feeling but with uh, a motorcycle. So I do kind of like planning like a city environment that really exists but like have it slightly different and uh, i've actually been working my next project is uh, uh i've been doing a lot of stuff in mid journey with locations that i'd like to use but also adding a few extra things and one of my biggest influences on the new project will be dread the movie uh dread 2012 yes 2012. that's one of my favorite movies where, it, where he chases yeah. the um camper van down the street at the start and all the you know the bad guys are in there yeah the, the, exactly the, motorbike just, the feeling of that feels so real and raw and and it's yeah. one of my favorite movies of all time that film is especially that sequence on the bike definitely i feel the same the the cinematics in that uh everything about it the energy that also it, it reminds you of one of those you know because i grew up in the 90s and and 80s a little bit and all the movies from back then kind of starts with the just a random violent city you know and like robocop and uh you know demolition man i love that film yeah yeah so dread kind of like is a newer film but it took me back to that feeling where it's just and it's like you know that scene also where they're on the highway and the guy just walks in front of the car and they just hit Boom, the car and they just blood and they just show all of that yeah oh, it's like man it's like so raw and it's like that kind of that feeling that you get um i'd like to kind of incorporate that style of uh of of dread into my new film actually amazing i can't i can't wait to see actually and we will hopefully book you in for episode uh, yeah episode soon uh well because that sounds really exciting we actually yeah. used dread as reference for one of these unreal engine trailers recently I won't talk about the project, but that shot in particular and a few of yeah. those shots at the start of the movie with the chase and the camper van. You know, there's nothing too crazy with the cameras. It's kind of, I think that's what solidifies the realism even even more so is what the cameras are doing. You know, yeah. you know that, that the cameras either, there's a shot where it's kind of like on the side and it's just sort of, you know, pans across. Yeah, the, the, the feeling of the cameras really add to that realism, and that sequence yeah. is a great example of that. I think. Yeah, it's it's like the the let the action happen, and kind of just cover it almost, you know. Um, 
yeah, the cinematographer on, on Dread, like he is, yeah, like each shot almost, like, you know, you can scan through that movie and pick a frame and every frame looks really good. And then, uh, yeah, Anthony Dodd Mantle, I think he, he also did Slumdog Millionaire. Um, yeah, no, that is also one of my, one of my favorite movies, that. So that's one of my main inspirations for uh, the new Menace style video that I'm making some hopefully incorporating a few other vehicles and maybe some other bikes as well and we'll we'll see hopefully have a whole gang going <laughs> yeah that sounds awesome man I, I wanted to make one point just before we wrap up Errol you know when you was denied that kind of opportunity to to edit on that project but you went there anyway that's quite a, quite a punk rock skateboarder attitude to be like can't tell me what to do i'm gonna just get involved and do it anyway is there any connection there with the way that you see you know your outlook on things having that background um definitely i feel like you know that moment now looking back that was a turning point in my life because as soon as i when i took that opportunity and i i was i wasn't gonna let you know them tell me i can't come my ticket was booked i was gonna I told them I'm paying my own way. I'll get my own hotel room. I don't mind. Um, even if I just come and meet you guys, that's, that's all I care about. Uh, but I will be there. So if you want to use me for editing, definitely go for it. And that risk that I took, and I also risked losing my job that I was currently sure. on because they didn't, I had to lie to them. Uh, they didn't want me to leave <laughs> to go for another job. I told them I am going for a wedding in Romania or something <laughs> like that. And uh, it was a total risk for me. And now looking back, that actually was a huge turning point in my life because after that, I I think I stayed with Red Bull uh, for almost six, seven years. So, And definitely, I feel like, uh, you know, it it comes from the all kind of punk rock attitude or just like you you kind of just you know you just want to do it you, you yeah. don't want to um yeah you don't want to have someone tell you that you can't do it uh you committed and uh even if it fails it's fine i'll do it on the next one again you know if you don't drop in the first time you've got to get back onto the top of that ramp and then go again and again yeah. until you finally land you it kind of push your way in definitely man yeah <laughs> like, and it clearly paid off uh, and yeah what a turning point uh, yeah. and you you know amazing to hear yeah, yeah no man. and and the crew actually the crew luckily they are all also kind of punk rocky type dudes and uh it was uh the boss as well jeff pacosta he's a uh, uh he's in los angeles the producer at that time he's a very amazing guy and and he also saw my He's one of those people that like, <clears throat> you know, sometimes you work with people and if they slightly above you, they don't want to, you know, they m might want to keep you a little bit at arm's length just to kind of like, you know, make sure the hierarchy and everything where Jeff kind of like he saw my talent and he saw how hungry I was and he kind of uplifted me every time. And that, you know, I think I've only met two employees in my life that's kind of like that that really kind of brings you brings you up and they're like okay well this guy wants more let's give him more we'll, we'll give Brilliant. it to him until he until he drops it until he drops awesome, the ball man. and uh I, luckily i haven't dropped the ball yet so it's like uh i i do appreciate people like that and i hope i can do that for someone else as well you know that comes into my life and wants to work with me and 
Uh, and, and, and if I can see that they got that drive and that hunger that I had, I'll uplift them for sure. That's so great to hear. And quite rare, actually, that, yeah, that people are, you know, a lot, like you say, people don't like to kind of let people thrive too much if they feel yes. threatened by what they can do and how it will affect them. So it's really refreshing yeah. to hear when people yeah. just really want to help everybody and give people opportunities to, to yeah. thrive. So that's really great. That's the final note I'd like to wrap on. Any advice that you would give to somebody looking to kind of get into the world of filmmaking or storytelling? You know, when I looked at 3D and Unreal, and it, to me, it seemed so out of reach. I'm like, I see an animation on TV. I don't even know how they did that. I, I don't even know where to begin to think how they did that. And I always used to love watching behind the scenes and, and studios and things like that. And if you come from a video production background and you want to get into Unreal Engine and like the best place to start is just their website and, and on YouTube. And, you know, because once you get over the hurdle of knowing the software, it's actually, you know, I don't want to call it easy because it's not. But you coming from video editing or video production, it's just the learning curve of the, the software because it's actually the, the capabilities that lies behind that that wall is uh, is amazing and you're just opening up a world and every day still I, I kind of surprise myself with the things that I'm able to do and yeah so definitely I think just keep keep learning and, and there's so much material online uh, especially with Unreal and all those uh, softwares and just keep learning and keep watching keep staying on on top of the new stuff because they do update it quite often <laughs> yeah it moves fast doesn't it yeah um, that's awesome, man. Thanks, Ewell. That's really great. And uh, thanks yeah. for that advice. I've really enjoyed chatting to you there, Ewell. So thank you for your time, man. Yeah, Jamie, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And uh, thanks for reaching out. Uh, it's a pleasure, great man. opportunity for me. And I really appreciate it. Yeah. Absolute pleasure. Absolute. Oh, done. Oh, there we go. One moment. Sorry, there's a shutter. Just shutting before okay. we wrap up. Hold it. Hold it. Hold it. <laughs> <laughs> hold it there we go um hold yeah no honestly thank you for your time and an absolute pleasure have a, a great day man and we'll we'll catch up with you very soon awesome thank you so much and okay. i will keep you updated on my future project and uh Please. let you know how that goes yeah because we're going to join you again for the menace 2.0 and we can't wait that sounds great thank you so much jamie hope you have a good day you too man all the best Ewell. great to meet you you too take care bye-bye Thanks for listening. Remember to check out our other episodes available or check out the podcast in video form on our YouTube. Again, please drop us a rating and review. See you next time. The VFX Process, getting intimate with your industry. Brought to you by Big Two Studios.